Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me back on the show, recently released from prison, thanks to a pardon from the president, is my good friend, Tim. Uh, Listen, I need you to deputize me now that I'm out (laughs) of prison. All right, you are deputy podcaster in chief of crimes. Listen, I shot the sheriff, but I want to be the deputy. Whoa. Oh. That's that was that was kind of counterintuitive. Committing <laughs> no, a crime to become it, it, an become, officer of the law. Isn't but isn't that what all crime really is? Mm. Counterintuitive. That is that is true. That is very true. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back. I'm sorry that I missed that excellent last episode because it truly was quite outstanding. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Nia taking her front and center look at the world uh, in her stylish new new threads that are actually mm. old threads because they're her mom's. That's right. Um, or her grandma's. So um, so yeah, but I'm I'm super pumped to be here talking about this episode. I am I'm glad to have you back alongside me. Uh thanks again to our friend Brent for for filling in last episode, but it's always it's always good when when we're when we're back in the saddle again. So I'm 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 glad that we're we're at it again. It is, but Brent is a gem and should be treated as such. He absolutely is. He absolutely is. It's always always uh, a pleasure and an honor every time I get to to chat with that guy. Mm-hmm. Always good stuff. It is always good stuff. Mm. But I am ready to chat with you, my friend, about some, maybe perhaps some listener emails from our mailbag. Yes, sir. Uh, let's yeah. let's hop into that because we do have some listener emails in the mailbag. Uh, folks emailing us over at mail at supergirltvtalk.com, uh, making, making our day, uh, and, and you can too. Uh, so, so please send us those, those emails. People like Daryl. Daryl sent us uh, some thoughts on Menagerie. Uh, so Daryl, Daryl had um, a lot of things to say. I want to sort of pick out some of the uh, highlights here. So he talks about uh, this is the first non non crossover episode of the season that mentions Alex wanting kids, uh, and it being mentioned four times in the episode. They definitely felt like they had to make up for that, even though they're. Uh, making it seem like there's now some adopt by date. So, so basically, you know, th- th- we didn't hear anything about uh, about Alex's uh, adoption um, desires for a while, and now all mm-hmm. of a sudden, four mentions in one episode seems like they're trying to make up for lost time and sort of get back, get back in the uh, get that back in our minds. Uh, we didn't get that in in the most in in what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way, but uh, we did we did get a bunch of mentions of it in Menagerie. So I think he might be onto something there. What do you think? I think he's absolutely onto something. They're trying to get us back in the adoption swing. Yeah. Like, you know, like, hey, you thought we forgot about this, but we didn't. Right. She's this is still a part of her character. Shut up, haters. And then um, so I'm glad that I'm glad that it was kind of I'm glad that it, it it's back because otherwise then Alex it, well, in some ways, becomes you know like the oh you, you know I work at the DEO you know that's like her that's almost her character trait it, right. especially if she's not if she can't be the sister that supports Kara and Supergirl and so not that it's just like a replacement for her in some way but it, it it's going to give her direction uh, character direction again which yes. is nice yes yeah um, yeah being at the DEO is is yeah that's like the the anchor of her identity right now. Exactly, and and kind of, kind of usually is, other than being like, you know, the Danvers sisters being being like an entity of their own. Um, like Alex's two uh, sides of her identity are like being Kara's sister and then being the director of the DEO right now. That's correct. Yeah, as a as a complete as a complete side note, um, I recently procure, uh, procured a Martian Manhunter action figure and a Supergirl action figure, and I've been flying them in Frank's face this entire conversation so far. Y- you quite literally he, have, and they're the ones from the show. If, yeah, they're the ones from the show. Yeah, that's and I, awesome. And I wanted to see if Frank would break at all. 
while we were but he was solid the whole time <laughs> i tried like, i try to bring my my a game my professionalism to this to this podcast i bring i, I bring everything not, I can. clearly <laughs> <laughs> you bring the playful side i bring uh, the slick upside <laughs> and then uh, we and we meet in the middle exactly exactly um anyway so no i i'm glad i'm glad to see it back and that was a good point that it was mentioned a lot last episode like a, a really frequent frequent amount so but i am i i from from a not from a narrative point of view from but, but like a, ter- a television point of view introducing kids gets very challenging especially when you're talking you know maybe babies something like that cuz you know child actor laws and child labor laws and like all this different stuff so i'm very curious like if she does adopt somebody what what di- like what direction is that going to what direction is that going to take for the for the show you know is it going to be like oh the kids at daycare or the kids at daycare yeah you know or will Alex leave the DEO after you know following Jean's footsteps last know? season when when this was brought up right with Ruby being around and that inspiring her to want to adopt mm-hmm. there was a whole conversation that that Alex and Kara had where they talked about. I mean, specifically, Alex talked about like, oh, sh- is this responsible of me to do this? Can I balance being a mom and being at the DEO? And she wasn't even the director yet. Right. Um, but she was talking about, you know, sort of the can I have it all conversation that that mm-hmm. um, and and it seemed, you know, Kara was very encouraging and saying, you're going to be the best mom. You can do everything. You can you can make it all work. Um, so, so it seems like the stance that the show is taking is that she can she can pull this off. Um, she can make both of those sides of her life. Those things are compatible, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. That seemed to be what they were saying last season. Who knows if they decide, you know, they, they could decide tell a story where she realizes how hard it really is. And and yeah, does that mean that she'll decide to move away from being at the DEO? Does it mean that she'll decide to that motherhood isn't for her because she's so dedicated to DEO? Like, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's an interesting know. question. Yeah. Do you have uh, something else? Have something else for us? Yeah, one more point I wanted to hit here. Um, so Lena doesn't uh, doesn't really weigh the pros and cons of the government deal, right? She just snap decision runs for it, and and Daryl uh, points out that 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 might be a little uh, less than realistic uh, that that she would just decide uh, make a snap decision like that. What do you what do you think about that? I would argue that Lena is smart enough to know that. This might have been a possibility anyway, you know, even if she acts surprised or whatever else. I think she's always ten. She's pretty much 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Mm. And and so for her to never really consider that this was a possibility doesn't strike me as sincere. And so for her to accept so quickly for me reads as she's already thought this through even before somebody came to her saying like, mm-hmm. oh, let's cut a deal. Yep. So she she. Maybe her end game was already to get a government contract or something. So when it's offered to her, she just jumps at the chance to do it, right? Sure. Even even if it's not her initial end game, she knows that, or she feels that the pros outweigh the cons if there yeah. are going to be yeah. any. Because she's a, uh, she can manipulate the room that she's in if she wants to. So, so maybe she feels she's confident in her abilities. Then there's no reason to believe that. Sure. She you know, she won't be able to manipulate this too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. She just knows she knows she knows that she can she can uh, she she knows her way around a boardroom. She knows her way around uh, these kinds of transactions, these kinds of deals. And she knows that she, it's the right it's the right call. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I like that. I'd buy that. Um, I think that's all the time we have for for emails for right now. But thank you to everyone who emails us each and every week uh, at mail at Supergirl TV talk dot com. Keep the emails coming. We love them. We love reading them. Uh, we read everyone, even if we can't uh, read them on the show. So please, please, please keep sending them. And uh, we love to read them on the show. So keep them coming. Uh, let's talk real quick about all of our friends who also support us over at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Uh, we have had some fun stuff cooking up over at Patreon lately. Uh, we've been launching new shows, and our patrons get to hear first episodes of new shows like our our, our latest, uh, latest edition to the Thought Bubble Audio Network, Batwoman TV Talk, just launched. Mm-hmm. Um the first people to hear that first episode were over at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. Uh, we also do our Supergirl TV talk first reactions, which drops just shortly after every new episode of Supergirl. 
back on track with those. Uh, you get early access to episodes of Beer with Geeks, early access to episodes of Academy Rewind, uh, and and early access to all kinds of other goodies like our Cut for Time segments, where Tim and I, uh, or or really any of our hosts, um, post segments from our uh, our various shows that didn't quite make the cut of the final show, but we wanted to put it out there for our Patreon subscribers. So. If that sounds interesting to you, if you listen to these any of our shows, whether it's this one or, or others, uh, it's a, as little as a buck a month will unlock all these features for you. So if a dollar a month uh, is something that you can spare, we'd love uh, we'd love your support. Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio. Thank you to everyone who supports us over there and makes these shows possible. A buck. A I buck. got a buck. I got a buck. I got a buck. Who's got a buck? Sold for a buck. Hey, sold to the man with the handcuffs. That was uh that was my Simpsons reference. Sold for the man with the handcuffs. Uh, that yeah, that was you my were in prison. I was in prison. Yeah, but I'm not bald, Frank. Never said you were. I know. Thank I you know. for. But, well, I was thinking of the Lex Luthor. But I know. Um, I know. <laughs> I'll promo. Okay. I didn't know why I said it, and I was like, oh, he's gonna think that was a dig, even though he knows I don't do that. Oh no no day. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So Frank, my friend, we have. Episode 13 of Season 4 of Supergirl, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way, premiering on March 3rd, 2019, directed by Alexis Ostrander, written by Ajita Murkaji and Eric Carrasco. Um, so, Frank, we have That Was a Good Bit, and we have Storytime Village. What would you like to do Ooh. first? Um, why don't we do Storytime Village first? Can do, yeah. Let's do. That. Can I can do that? So one of the one of the writers of this episode, Eric Carrasco, he always live tweets episodes that he um he always live tweets episodes that he writes, mm-hmm. and so I have a bunch of his tweets kind of laced through this amazing um, this um episode here so we'll be able to hear from the writer even though he's not talking to us personally we're able to hear from the writer um some of the things that they were thinking of when they wrote the episode so apparently it took a long they've been working on it for quite some time and honestly i you can tell yeah yeah there is a lot there's a lot here i mean a lot of plot threads throughout the whole season led up to this right a lot of things sort of converged here so you can tell yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there was a there was very deliberate writing here, and I liked it very much. So these are some of the themes that I kind of uh, I kind of took. I think that what's so funny about truth, justice, in the American way is kind of a theme into itself. It's mm. you know it's written that way. But if you're going to break it down more, I've got three. I've got some like righteous justice. Like, are you like what are you fighting the right person? Is it, like uh, what is the you know that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, government shadiness and the acceptance of your role. Huh. Acceptance of your role. Okay. I think I know where you're going with that, and I, li- I like this. Yeah, there's a, a lot of that, and it didn't really show itself early in the episode. It was like almost like a halfway through kind of thing. And right. so... Um, so let's so let's start with um who are these tweets so big um let's start with Storytime Village and Righteous Justice are you fighting the right person because that's really what Manchester is preaching right you know he's in prison he's got his purple hair which is a nice homage to the comic look that he has for that character you know mm-hmm. he's got his nice little purple hair which is kind of funny when he's like prison changes people do you like my hair <laughs> 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 I was like, I don't think that's the way he meant it, but that's how I took but it. But that's how you took it. All right. I'm, I, I can take that. Uh, Prison changes people. Do you like my hair? Do you like my hair? <laughs> so uh, so the, this righteous justice thing, you know, Manchester says, like, there's, you know, he tells Supergirl, he's like, yo, you can have the, you know, the bank robbers and the petty thieves and this. He's I want the racists and the fascists because mm-hmm. they're not getting proper justice. And basically, yeah. That, and and John who has been, you know, preaching this nonviolence thing that, you know, that he's gotten from his father and all this stuff really understands Manchester's position, I think, because he's remembering, you know, the massacre of Mars. And like what does what did he uh, you know, how does he fe- still feel about that? And what did he want to do? And he's the Martian manhunter, for goodness right. sakes. Right. You know? It's kind of kind of the and whole thing. 
so he, he justice is part of it, like it's in him. He needs to get this done. And, and what's so the name Manchester, of the team that he's part of? The elite. You're talking about and, Manchester? No. The, oh, the Justice League. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which does not exist in this, in not this yet. universe as of yet. Maybe we'll get there one day. Maybe one day. So so it's really it's really um it's really Manchester that kind of runs with this theme, this idea of righteous justice, but but also Supergirl in her own way of like you know, taking out the satellite at the end, you know, because at this point she kind of knows the president is not on the up and up and yeah. she's like she didn't have to destroy the satellite. He says that to her at the end. He's like, "You're you're a superhero. You're telling me that there was no other way than to get rid of that billion dollar satellite." And she was like, "Nope. Yep, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you." I, I mean, he's not entirely he's not entirely wrong about that, right? Like he's he's not he's he's got a point at the very least. Like, yeah, there probably was another way. But um e- even if she was doing the right thing there probably was another way for her to um to have done that but eh, potato potato i suppose potato potato indeed yeah i agree i agree um let's talk about government shadiness though because the president pardons ben lockwood as as he is called by um as he is called by um manchester the grand bloody wizard of the children of liberty Mm. Which is mm-hmm. which I've never like we've we kind of talked about it being like a Ku Klux Klan kind of thing, but he really is the Grand Wizard. He really you know? is. Yeah, he's he's the guy. He's David Duke, or you know what? I, like that's that's who he is. Um, and at this, so the president pardoning him is basically like let's say you know taking somebody like David Duke and saying, okay, you go to prison. No, we're going to forgive you. Okay, and also we're then going to. We're we're then going to give you a government position at the end, and that's where righteous anger comes from, right? More than anything. So this government shade is between that and then the satellite that the president's like, oh, we built the satellite that'll shoot down spaceships, but we're not going to tell the DEO about it, right? And like Haley didn't know about it. Do you think she's telling the truth? Do you think she really didn't know about it? I think so cuz she has had she's had no reason to lie. Like mm. I I my feeling is and I could be wrong, but my my guess is um the way I take this character is that if she had known, right, Alex came to her angry and was like why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if she knew, her answer would have been like it was classified or it's on a need to know basis and you didn't need to know or whatever. Like she would have had some some response that sort of like didn't that didn't make her vulnerable. It would have been something like, screw you, I don't have to tell you anything, you're my subordinate. But um, but instead, she seemed kind of vulnerable. She seemed kind of like, actually, I didn't know either, and I'm kind of thrown off by this. So I don't think she would make herself vulnerable unless it was genuine shock and genuine, like, she's still processing all of this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it make, that makes perfect sense. And here's the thing that I actually thought of that, like, made me believe her, is that when this is... They're kind of slightly inconsistent with this, but it's still it, when Haley first showed up, they were like, she was like, oh, you have to salute me because oh, yeah. the military and you're a colonel. And Alex walks up, talks to her and leaves and nobody salutes. There's no military anything. And Haley is just totally cool with it, which means she's, like, she's kind of wrapped up in her own brain. That's too. right. Yeah. And like I said, sometimes they're inconsistent with that, like whether people are saluting or not saluting, whatever. But it I don't know why that played in my mind this time as opposed to other times but i was like wow that was that maybe wow that's it. she's she's troubled too yeah she's troubled she's a bridge and that troubled water is flowing baby <laughs> um so eric Carrasco has this to say he says the killer satellite in this episode is called claymore because old claymore mines used to come stamped with a message front toward enemy and to me, huh. that was the central idea in the episode. Does Supergirl fight Manchester or put the front toward the real enemy? Ah, I see. That's really clever. I like that. Yeah, that is really clever. That's definitely one of those things that's just for you kind of things. Yeah. Because, you know, like, yeah. you know, a Claymore, you know, it's a, you know, it destroys the enemy, blah, 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 all this stuff. But 
you know, front toward enemy who is the real enemy here and are are you going after the real one, which is what Manchester asks, like John, right? Like, who are you going after, the real one or the not real one? Right. Um, and it's a good question. His question's not wrong, but his methods, I, I would say, are. Yeah. But the question is not wrong. No, it's not. And that's what's so interesting about him as a character. Like, his, it's that's usually, like, that's typically, that's typical of him. He He's asking the right question and going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually. 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 The, I think, the question that, I, I think it's Manchester that asks Supergirl, he says, what if it was your ship? Which mm-hmm. is a great question. So you're like, oh, there's a satellite. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's going to shoot alien crafts out of the sky. If that had existed when she showed up or when Clark showed up, you know, for the first time, that's it. No Supergirl. No Superman. Yeah. Nothing. Right. That's it. And I, like, that's a, that's a really, that's a really good question. Um, And I, I think that that's where maybe the strength of this whole episode lies is, like, it asks the right questions, but then gives varying viewpoints on them. It's not trying to hammer home Carr's viewpoint or Manchester's or Ben Lockwood's or whatever. It's kind of, it, it shows everybody's path and how they're going to get there, which is really where this acceptance of your role comes in. And so this is, this is my four. No, my five. I'm sorry. There's five of these. Okay. Um, you have Kara is the Moses story, which, you know, I always love Superman is the Moses story. It's, you know, it's very obvious. So it's a, I've never seen a Superman story actually reference itself as a Moses story before it's, or it's a super true. family. I've never seen that happen before. And I mean, Kara's is not as much Moses as, as Clark's is. His is literally the Moses story. But oh yeah. With, but with aliens instead. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kara's is, a, is a, a little less of that, but, uh, um, but she has to go to the president to like, quote let her people go. You know, mm-hmm. my people to quote to, to quote the Ten Commandments. My people are in bondage. Let my people go. They don't say slavery <laughs> in that movie. It's no, very they strange. Bondage, right. They say bondage. It's very very weird. Um, you could you can see you can listen to Palmer and I talk about it on our Academy Rewind episode where we watched it. It's, That's right. It's very strange. Um. Um. So, but Kara. Before she destroys the satellite, you know, she had to make this decision. Is she doing it for the right reasons or for selfish ones? You know, like, does she want the satellite destroyed because it would be good for her? Or is it good for the country or for the world or for right. the universe? You know, and I, she has to accept her role, not just as the person that saves people from buildings or aliens when they attack she has to you know you know like she talks about herself as a symbol in all of these mm-hmm, things and mm-hmm. being a symbol is one being a symbol is one thing but acting as a symbol is another thing right and, and it's a responsibility mm-hmm, that's right and I, I think that that's what she's struggling to struggling to do right now because she can't punch xenophobia that's right yeah yeah exactly you, you know all the other you know who she is as a hero at the end of it you know like whether she is inspiring or you know this or that the other thing at the end she she punches you know her way into solving the problem that's always been like if you look at the end of every season it's you know lift the thing into space or stop this alien invasion or this you know and and then so this is this is very hard for her you can't just punch people's beliefs into submission because but that that's what manchester says you can do Mm-hmm. But that's that's not what, but that's not the right path. So this she, that's for the right reasons versus the selfish ones, um, because I said like you know destroying the satellite would be the way that she would always handle it, right? But right. now she has to evaluate whether that's actually the right thing to do or the way that she sh- wanted to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And these kinds of stories where you can't, you know, where where Superman or Supergirl can't punch the 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 real villain right like the real villain is in this case is is fear and hatred and and xenophobia and the fact that you can't solve that with a punch those are some of the more interesting stories uh for these characters where they have to use their their other skills and their and uh, their uh status as a as a symbol of of you know freedom or truth justice in the american way um that's that's 
in a lot of ways, those are more interesting, interesting stories than the ones where they just punch their way out. I mean, I love those stories. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But a battle of wits, I, I'm all about that. Yeah. And I, I don't think you can really the stories of wit battling, I guess, are not as interesting if you don't have 10 um punching battles to, to yes. back them up yes yeah that's right if it's always a game of wits then it, well then, then yeah you just get used to it you need a you good know? mix right and exactly and, yeah yeah exactly so so that's Kara's role acceptance then you have ben lockwood who is basically being challenged by the children of liberty like these little deputies of the children of liberty to be like Prison made you soft, right? Because Manchester says prison changes people, and he's not, in some ways, that's kind of meta because he's not really talking about himself, and so he's talking about Ben Lockwood, mm-hmm. who gets out, but prison made himself, like, you have to step up your game. And so the president, you know, so he goes to the president, and he has this meeting, he's like, I want you to deputize the children of liberty, we're doing a good job at helping people, and the president politically is like, that's a terrible move um, mm-hmm. in some ways. But but that's because I have a big secret satellite, so don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then when that big secret satellite gets blown to smithereens, he's like, "Well, Ben, come here. How about yeah? How about, I can't deputize you, but how about you be you be the symbol here, director right. of alien affairs? That's right, right. that means. Does that mean if he's the director of alien affairs, does that mean that he's technically Alex's boss now? That's interesting. I, yeah, I guess it it depends how like which department, which government department, like is the DEO part of the Department of Defense or what? Like, I wonder. But but yeah, kinda. I mean, he would be a cabinet member, I guess. I don't know. There's got to be. I mean, those they're too linked together to not yeah. for them never like to never cross paths. So anyway, so there's this dissent among the ranks in in the Children of Liberty. So so Ben acts they he steps up like he's like they want him to and he beats the guy into submission with the mask which i thought was an amazing scene like truly like because the as an audience you can it it, it was almost easy to forget that ben lockwood is not a good person this whole episode i i felt like i i had more respect for ben lockwood than i did for the president Um, Mm -hmm. because the president, his motives are self-serving and are not for really for the greater good. I don't think, I really think it's about, I mean, last episode, he literally talks about how uh, Lockwood was, had better public approval ratings than the president did. And the president Mm -hmm. was upset about that. So he's clearly just, you know, he cares about his own reputation and his own uh, electability and Lockwood as horrible as he is, at least believes what he's doing is like for the greater good. Um, so I had more respect for him than I did for the president and he was, you know, changed after coming out of prison and, uh, you know, definitely seemed different and wasn't really showing his aggressive side. So yeah, when he came out and, and, and wailed on that guy, uh, it was like, don't forget, don't forget that I am like, if he really is like the grand wizard, like he, yeah, he's showing it. That's right. He's showing it like I'm back, baby. Yeah, but like he shows him he's back by beating him with the very mask that makes him like the scary part. Like yes. it was like that's that's so it was it was great. But like the guy was like, oh, you know, I he was like, you said anybody can wear the mask and anybody can do this and anybody. But by by basically destroying this guy with the mask, he very well proves that no, not anybody can wear the mask. Yeah, which then could cause more dissent among because like now he's like his central message is false if he's like no it's me i have to do this yeah it's less of a like v for vendetta like type of thing of like we all wear the mask we are all like it's all about the people and it becomes more he's making himself more essential like no it's not anybody it's me i have to be i'm in charge i'm running the show uh and you have to fall in line with my orders or whatever Mm -hmm. so that that will be interesting it will be yeah. very, very interesting. So then you have Nia training Brainy. Um, no, right. No, Nia training uh, with Brainy. Sorry. With Brainy, yeah, sure. With Brainy, my bad. Um, you know, and she, you know, they, you know, Brainy and Kara bring her to the Fortress of Solitude to train there because it's, it has solitude, I guess. You know, she won't be disturbed and all these things. And, and Brainy just will not tell her 
about her planet, about the future, about anything, because it would create a paradox, right. maybe, right? So what does she do? She goes around, she talks to Kellex the second, and she's like, hey, show me some stuff. Tell me everything, yep. starting with crystals. Like, and um, <laughs> starting with and so, yeah, that's good, right? Because it's in I like the it. of solitude. That was got good. it. Yeah, I got <laughs> that. That's yeah, good. and uh, <laughs> and and so and so she learns that she could do some astral projection. Which, in my book, that what she was doing was with early astral projection. She was basically making a like a concussive force. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Astral projection is like you can project yourself somewhere else without your body like being a ghost but it doesn't matter i don't care and you would think that Brittany would scold her and be like hey i told you not to do this but he says no heroes leap first you dived in even though it could have been dangerous which is a good lesson but a terrible lesson all at the same time for for nia it's one of those things that it can be a good thing so like i really liked seeing that because i feel like there are a lot of stories of young heroes you know gaining their powers there's a million stories like this right where they're sort of like no i'm too scared or i'm not ready or i need you know they need to have like something go wrong before they can you know figure out how to use their powers or whatever but i like that she's like a naturally brave character and she's like no i want to i want to do this let's like i don't care don't hold me back i am an adult and i'm capable of making my own decisions and i want to do this Mm-hmm. So I like seeing that it's kind of refreshing for me because it feels like a change of pace from a lot of superhero stories that we that we see nowadays. Um, but you're right. It's a double edged sword because you could get yourself in all kinds of trouble and make a bigger mess by not knowing how to use your powers. Yep, exactly. Exactly. But it worked out well for her this it time. Did. This time it makes you wonder if there's going to be another time where she maybe bites off more than she can chew. Sure. It's very. I mean, of course, there's going to be. Like, no doubt. No doubt. So, And then you have Alex as the director of the DEO who says she can't fight the satellite because it would be jeopardizing her job, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but then she, like, by the end, she, it is, except your role as a protector of aliens, it's not about your job or, or you know, your position as the director. It's, it's your duty, as, you know, morally to help these, to help. Yes. Um, aliens or people or whatever. And so, you know, and she I think she acts on that by going by going to help with the satellite in the first place. But then in the second, like fighting the elite, but in the second place would be working with Lena off the books in the D.E.O. Something mm-hmm. is something's fishy here. Double, double toil and trouble, Lena. Like, let's we got to let's figure this out because they say a couple times in the episode. But like, I know that. Lena and and Kara are friends, but sometimes I forget that means that Lena is also friends with Alex. Sure, you know, so for them to so for them to be like, hey, it's you and me, like it's like a cool team up. I didn't even know I wanted because it's kind of like the two friends from the friend group who never you never see hanging out on their one on one, right? Right. They're only it's, if it's you like see Ross together, and Phoebe hanging out, you're like that so, doesn't yeah. happen a lot. Yeah, they're with the whole group usually, but it's unusual to see them one on one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's science sisters. I didn't know I wanted it, but here we are. <laughs> but I like it now that. But I, I like it now that it's here. And then we have James, who is trying, who either has to accept his role as publisher, or, or, or um, editor, or as the ex boyfriend, mm. the protector. You know, because you know, because the the L Corp, you know, testing stuff comes back. And this time he's like, "Mm -mm, no, we have to do this. You know, I was protecting her before, just like she protected him. Right. Mm, You know, mm -hmm. that's right. You you know, like James was protecting Lena before, just as she protected him from the Guardian stuff. But but that role is those roles are gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you feel he made the right choice there? Yeah, I think so. I, I do. Yeah. Because I don't agree with Lena's decision in, in in this case in the first place, so um, I think what she's doing is not not great. Oh yeah, um, so super unethical, very unethical. Um, so I, and it's his job to be unbiased, right? Exactly. Is, if he if you're if you're true news, you're you're unbiased here, which means that you you don't prevent a story like this. 
like this is this is big this is really big so yeah. so those were my those were my themes from for all this stuff but i have some i have lots of that was a good bit in this episode which you know could could lead to more conversation so do you want to move into that let's move into some good bits i've got i've got a couple as well Cool, cool. Um, well, I we already kind of talked about that a little bit, but I loved Brainy training with Nia because he's like, "I have calculus. You have, you have seeing the future." This yes. is like I really enjoyed their. I really enjoyed their back and forth. That was that was so fun. Yes, um, that was, and so- I enjoyed being at. The, I enjoyed being at the fortress. Period. Like, we spent a lot of time there, and it was yeah. great to be there. And that, yeah, for sure. The last time we were there, it's funny because we didn't get like a a wide shot of the fortress if that makes sense like we mm-hmm. didn't see the statues or anything like that so they made sure this time to be like here's an establishing shot of you know Jorel and Lara you know mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. here they are just just so you can see them so you remember how vast the fortress really is it's not just this little side room right you know so that was cool um and i i can't remember his name in the show but the bowler hat was my, I think, my favorite part of the whole episode. Oh my god, yeah. I, oh I, my god, that was it so didn't great. bother to explain itself or anything, and I loved it. It just was there, and it was great. Well, his name is Hat. That's mm. his. That's his name. That's right, and he's he's an original member of the elite. Of right? the elite, yes. Because right. I know, because I know the more the moray is back, which I which was nice because I felt like ah, they're not wasted. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. one back. You That's know, right. Yeah, because we had said that when they showed up the first. I'm like, oh, this was just like a whatever. But here they are again, serving a purpose, and which so, I was really glad about. Yeah, me, me so, too. And and then Bowler or the hat uh, hat is new for the scene. And then we have um, um, Menagerie. Menagerie. Thank you. Right. I was kind of like she venom. Like put it. <laughs> whatever. Snake lady. Snake lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes. The, the so the. The three, like the elite, is now rounded out, and and yeah, they're, they're those are all from the original, yeah, instance of the elite. Are they? They're all from the original instance. They're of all the elite? from Action Seven Seventy Five. Even the Moray is from. Oh, not the Moray. Not the oh, okay. Moray. No, no, no. Sorry, but I but the Mena- three, but Menagerie Hat, Menagerie and- Hat, and, and and Manchester. Yep, that's pretty great. I yep, I. I just reread the issue uh, in, in the last uh, couple weeks, and then I also you watched the uh, movie, right? I watched the movie, which I actually hadn't seen. Oh, uh, it's funny that now. it's funny because I was I was on my DC Universe app, which we which we share, and right. and I was like, I didn't watch that movie. Oh no, Frank has access to this account. Okay, I'm yes. good. I was like, right. who's That's been right. on this account? Yes. Let's talk about let's talk about that comic in those movies when we get to Professor Comics Corner. Sounds good. Um, let's let's get back. We'll go back to there. Um, but staying within those characters, the hallway jail fight sequence was yeah. was great. That was I lo- cool. I love that hat gives Manchester a sword. And he's like, I yeah. thought you, I thought you'd like the flourish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yes, I would. Thank you. That was and pretty. He great. does. Yeah, and he does. And he does. Um, loved Alex being a scientist again. I love that she got to do that again. Me too. That I haven't. Was- it's been so long since we've seen her be a scientist. You almost forget that that's like that's what she was there for in the first yeah. place. Yeah, I mean she's a doctor. You know, we forget that she's a doctor. Like, because she's a doctor, she, honey, a, a doctor. doctor. Because she's been so you know military focused the last mm-hmm. you know couple seasons really. Um, but we forget. Yeah, she's a doctor. She's she is a scientist. Um, I loved that. I loved. I mean, there were a lot of little moments that I love. I just loved Brainy being like the Mister Miyagi. Uh, to yes. uh, to Nia, I thought that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, I loved there was a, a quick reference to "It's a Wonderful Life" where someone said, uh, "No man is a failure who has friends." Um, oh yeah, that that tickled me. That tickled, um, that tickled your fancy. It did. It did. Um, here's a oh, you know, it was a good bit. Um, when they said now, when Manchester said now for a commercial break, and then we went to a commercial break. That was <laughs> just that was um, I love shows that are intentionally meta 
but yes. the characters are not meta themselves. Like right. that's that's my those are my favorite. I love that. I I loved the "Don't hassle me, I'm local" shirt that Brady oh, was wearing. Nice. It's yeah. a, um, that's a, a reference to "What About Bob," a movie with Bill Murray. But Eric Carrasco, co-writer of the episodes, by the way, the Bill Murray homage in this episode is a tribute to Supergirl writers Jess Cardos and Katie Rogers, both massive "What About Bob" fans. Nice. It was specifically in there for it was specifically in there for them, which is fun. But don't hassle me. I'm local. Hilarious. Love it. So good. I loved that Kellex is back. Kellex too. Um, yeah. And I liked that he and Brainy don't like each other. I know. <laughs> the rivalry. Yeah. Hello, Kleenex. Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. Quarrel. Uh... Like it's good. But I have another Eric Carrasco here. He says. If I'm known for one thing in my three years on Supergirl, it's my undying love for Kellex. Mm. I am also responsible for the season two pitch that killed him. Please don't tell it. Please don't tell him. <laughs> well, there it is. It's it's great. Um, this is a this was not a, a a good bit necessarily, but it this bothered me when Supergirl crashes through the pub to confront Manchester. There's a bunch of debris that flies down when she crashes in, and he's like, "You could just use the door," but then there's no debris on the ground ever. Oh, that's a bummer. In the whole scene, yeah. like it's that's just such a that was such a waste. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah just get some rocks from the outside right, right, and throw right, them around. Right, yeah. Like, oh, that drove me drove me crazy. Um, I liked the line, you hate the elite, I ha- you have the elite, I have super friends. Yes! They, that was in the trailer, and that that tickled me. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. I'm looking... I have a few more good bits, but they're kind of Professor Comics Corner good bits. Oh, sure. Okay. So you- I have I have very few left that are not Professor Comics Corner, okay. so okay, I, okay. Will, I will... We'll keep going, and then we can spend some time in Professor Comics Corner, which we don't spend tons of time there, so... Not usually. I, not so usually, but a- we, have, we have some stuff to say this time. I think so, yeah. Um, I liked Alex's superhero landing off the stairs. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Shoot, How yay, superhero landing. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved Manchester flying with the the Legion ring when they steal it from Brainy. Yeah. I loved the, the stealing of it itself because this is dumb, but one of my favorite Spider-Man villains of all time is The Spot. Do you know that character? I it's don't like think it's I do. it is a way down D list character with like the kangaroo and like these characters that will never ever see the light of day sure. in a film. But the spot is literally just a guy. It's like an all white bodysuit with big black holes all over it, and those holes are interdimensional portals. So Ooh. if you try to like punch the spot in a face in the face or like in the chest, you he'll, he'll like your hand goes through it and it comes out in another hole somewhere else, so you can like punch yourself in the face. Oh, <laughs> like and I, it's just like it's so trippy and the character is so dumb and the costume is dumb, but I love all of it so much. And hat really reminded me of that. It was basically that's basically what it is. Um, so I liked the like Brainy's fist going into the hat to steal yes. the ring because that's yes. what it reminded me of. But Eric Carrasco has this to say. He said, fun fact, we had a whole conversation about uh, about the ring while writing. In our heads, oh, I th- the thought the Legion rings didn't work for everybody. That's the question. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, we had a whole conversation about this while writing. In our heads, the fifth dimensional energy in Hat's bowler wiped the data from the ring. So it put it back to factory defaults, so to speak. Got it. Which is an interesting thing. So, which is why Manchester could fly. Which is why Manchester could fly with it in the first sure. place. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's a robot-related okay. Stephen King reference. Um, okay. Uh, it's something to do with the Dark Tower. I didn't catch it because I haven't read all of the Dark Tower. But um, for those of you who are Stephen King of files, um, which which I consider myself, but I haven't read all of the Dark Tower. So, am I a Stephen King of file? Who's to say? Mm. Uh, I loved that the super suit was back the space suit because i i i it, i quite enjoy the space suit because it reminds me of superman the animated series you know yeah suit. i had the same i had the same thought um because they really are quite similar uh when you when you look at them and i'll, I'll put Absolutely. a link in the show notes yeah. to how similar they really oh, are you are the picture that you're looking at that's the lead suit not the space suit Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I. White. Oh, you know what? Yeah. So I thought I remembered it being white, and I just figured that I had remembered it wrong because when I 
pulled this up on Google. This is what I found this blue suit that looks an awful lot like what Kara is wearing. That is the kryptonite safe suit is what okay. it is. Well, okay. so, but, but that spacesuit protected her from kryptonite in the first place. Yes, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be based on this in some in some capacity because uh, it, it, it looks yeah, too much look like at, it and it oh, did the same things. Like The one that you just showed me, I think, is from Justice League. It's not from Superman the Animated Series. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So post um, all you have, of them. You have a better memory for those things. Than, I'll, I'll than send. I, I will post. I will find them and send them. So that way fair, you can. Yeah. Fair. You can throw all of them. I can throw them all, all of them up there. But, yeah. Um, but either way, I'm I'm not crazy about those suits. They always, you know, those things always to me just sort of like, I mean, in the cartoons they were meant to sell toys. That's correct. Um, but would you so, like me to pull out my Supergirl action figure again in my Martian Manhunter? <laughs> yes, please. She's gonna fight uh, the screen. But I've always felt oh, here she comes. But I've always felt like whenever they're wearing one of those alternate suits, I'm always like, that's nice. But when can we get them back in the real suit? You know, that's sort of how I always feel. Is like that's okay, but but that's not the real suit. That's funny because so, I I love the alternate suits. That's uh, okay. so that's right. so funny that there's like I'm like ooh special suit. That's fun. Like part of one of my favorite parts about Batman Forever is his special suit at the end of the movie. But I think that's a Batman thing, right? Because like he has the gadgets and the and everything. Like it's oh, sort it's of like totally what's he going to pull out? Thing. So like yeah. I I kind of doesn't bother me with something like Batman, but for with Superman because it's not part of the thing. It's, it's Supergirl sort of should be able to fly into space without the suit. Yeah, like that's yeah. That's kind of that, how I, I was like. Yeah. You don't really need it. I'm I love the design of the suit. Maybe mm-hmm. apart from the helmet itself, I like the body suit. Yeah. So like, I guess it's like guess it's really not necessary, but I also liked it. So whatever, yeah. Fair um, James and Brainy get brunch, which is great. I love that because so this is a little bit Professor Comics corner to me. I had that on my list because no, because going corner. a little bit, yeah. I mean, do you have other stuff you want to touch on first, or should, or should no, 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 no? I um one of my no, tell me, yeah, hold on, hold off for Brainy and and okay. and James getting brunch because I do not know why it's Professor Comics Corner and there's okay. a, there's some anticipation there. I like this. Um, um, for the theater geeks, Eric Carrasco says Manchester, uh, Manchester's quote, "We're through giving these devils the benefit of law" is a paraphrased line from A Man for All Seasons. Which oh, is, nice. Which is cool. I wouldn't have caught that, but I love that. me either. I I can't quote the show or the film but i i love that and this is kind of professor comics corner so i will use it as the segue the daily planet paper um the article about um ben lockwood becoming the deputy uh, the director of alien affairs was written Mm -hmm. by ron troop oh cool yeah who is yeah who is a um who is a staple of the staple of the daily planet staff so yeah. I thought that was that was so cool. That was that great. makes me really happy. I yeah, love that. I, I love yep. that because I was like, I love yeah. I, I love like good Daily Planet stories. You know, yeah. so like yeah, because I was like, ooh, Daily Planet newspaper. That's fun. Oh, mm-hmm. Ron Troop. <laughs> like I didn't catch the Ron Troop. I did not catch it. I love it. Yeah, it was that good. makes me happy. It's good. All right, so tell me why. Tell me why Brainy and and James getting brunch is a Professor Comics Corner thing. So it was delightful. First of all, it just made me smile and laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Because but, they uh, have jobs where they can get brunch. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, but uh, no. The so Jimmy uh, at one point in the comics was an honorary member of the Legion. Right. He was Elastic Lad. Wow. Right. So he and he and Brainy would have known each other in the comics, right? And would have been like you know co Legionnaires uh, at the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, they would, whenever, whenever Brainy and, and the Legionnaires would come back to the 20th century, the time of the 20th century, um, you know, they would have, they would have interacted with each other. So I love that, that they're getting brunch because it's, it's, you know, sort of a subtle hat tip to that idea that they're, even in the comics, they're, they're friendly. And so I love that that's, that's going on here. And I love that it's sort of like, no one expects, like, what? You guys hang out? Yeah, we get brunch. Like, I just. Yep. That's cool. That's I would great. not have connected that together. So good on you. That's great. Speaking of co-legionnaires, mm. um, we get a Karate Kid reference. Yes. Yes. Is Karate Kid? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He says, my friend Val taught. Brainy says, my friend Val taught me that move. Um, and Val is um, hold on, Karate Kid. Now I'm. Now I am question. Yeah, it is Karate Kid. Whew, I was questioning myself for a second. Karate Kid is um, the like 
like the greatest fighter in the universe and sure. in the Legion. he knows every fighting style ever whatever horrible name but um oh because yeah, speaking absolutely. of mr miyagi you had mentioned earlier. i know right <laughs> um but, oh yeah uh, for anyone listening we're talking yeah. about a dc character called karate kid, kid. not the movie right the karate exactly because <laughs> you're like nodding along like, yeah karate kid and i'm like no not the movie not that one not that one not ralph macchio but right. anyway the <laughs> right. but um my he says my friend val so karate kid is a is exists in this universe which is i mean you kind of assume that they do but it's fun that it's fun that it's there um, it's fun that it's there uh two two things I, before we talk about what's so funny about truth justice in the american way because that'll be the bulk of the conversation sure things that things that i found one they mentioned the cosmic anvil in the fortress of solitude did. yeah i mean the whole fortress sequence like having kellex there cosmic anvil like all of it made me really happy just because mm-hmm. like i it's 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 deep superman lore and that's the kind of those are little things they put there for for the superman fans and that makes me happy me too cosmic yeah. anvil i only know the cosmic anvil from all-star superman because that's how superman makes little suns to feed the sun eater that, that is story. where i know it from as well yeah. yes but it goes back to the silver age i think i'm sure it does yeah, yeah. it's a cool name cosmic anvil like it is that's, yeah oh it's so good this was my favorite easter egg in the whole thing was Devil's Tower, where the satellite was in Wyoming. Yes. Devil's Tower, Wyoming. Do you, do you know why that's an Easter egg? No, I don't. So Devil's Tower is the meeting place between humans and aliens. First contact between humans and aliens in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, nice. It's literally Devil's Tower. That's it. So it's like so ironic that this is the place that they're going that the government is going to launch a weapon to ensure that aliens and humans never meet. Right, because they're gonna blow like spaceships out of the side out of the sky, but close yep. encounters is where they meet each other for the first time. Wow. Devil's Tower. Okay, that, that was just that That's was cool. so cool. I loved that because I love Close Encounters. It's a great movie. Um, it's super cool. So, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. I have Eric yes. Carrasco's tweet, and then I want you to talk about reading it and watching the movie because okay. I haven't read it in a long time, and I have not seen the movie in a long time, but I have done both. So. Okay. It says, the elite come from one of my very favorite comics, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, the American Way, written by Joe Kelly and penciled by Doug Monkey and Lee Berhamo. And Lee Berhamo. Whew, that's tough to say. Lee Bermejo. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's He's done some beautiful, beautiful art over the years. Doing Batman Damned right now. There was a big hoopla in the first issue because you could see Batman's Willy Willy. Um, oh, people, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a big hoopla from that. But he did Luther and Joker and like all this different stuff. So um, anyway, it's an excellent meditation on superheroes, and you should read it early and often is what he says. And so tell me about your experience reading that comic and watching that movie. Start with the comic. So I had, I had not read that comic in a long time probably 10 years or so. Uh, and I read it rather quickly. Um, you know, it's one issue. It's it's Action Comics number 775. It's on DC Universe. If you subscribe to the service, you can, you can read it there. Um, and it is the introduction of Manchester Black and of the Elite. Um, and uh, let me see. Uh, without giving too much away, I mean, there's some pretty heavy references to it in this. I mean, like kind of the whole story of the elite is pretty much straight out of that episode uh out of that issue (laughs) episode right out of that issue um what's interesting about it i'm not usually a fan of Mm anti-hero stories that's right right? i'm not a huge fan of punisher i'm not a huge fan of you know a lot of those kinds of characters Mm -hmm. um but what i like about this story is because this is this is the way that i like to see anti-heroes introduced and that's to say they have they are uh they have the right motive but the wrong um they go about it the wrong way mm-hmm. like their 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 motives are usually pure like they they want the bad people to to be put to justice right and that's right. that is a noble thing to want justice uh and for the innocent to be able to to you know live lives uh happily and not be in fear of of evil people mm-hmm. but but when a- anti-heroes usually go on a killing spree right and take it into their own hands to 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 be vigilantes sure. um and i don't enjoy that when that's like when they're the main character and it's like let's follow you know the punisher around or even like some you know early early arrow right like season one arrow where he was he, oh he definitely. was killing 
Yeah, definitely anti-hero. Right? Like, those those things kind of... That's not my story. That's not my preferred storytelling. So what I like about this is that it's Superman going up against them and challenging them and ch- challenging them to be better and to, you know, jo- come back to the light side. Like, there is another way. There's another option. You don't have to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very cynical and they're, you know, like, no, you're you're wrong. Like, and you now you need to be stopped uh, because we're we're in charge now because the power goes to their heads and corrupts them. But I like this story because it shows that there is a third way. It's not like mm-hmm. one or the other. There's there is the the you can stop the the the, the bad guy without having to stoop to their level. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I really really like. And that's what I feel very strongly that Superman should represent and, and yep. Supergirl should represent. Yep. So so that's that's why I I enjoyed this story and enjoyed the film uh because it's 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 the kind of storytelling that I like to see. I like to see the... It's sort of like the Kobayashi Maru. There is no such thing as a no-win scenario. There's always another way out. Mm-hmm. That's right. Super, Supergirl just eats her apple and moves on. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Fire torpedoes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, great. No, that's so... No, you're you're absolutely right. And I, I mostly tend to agree with you. I... I, I I'm not an anti-hero fan the same way uh, uh Red Hood, Punisher, um sometimes I sometimes I am. It depends if they're serving the story or not. Like mm. I think like if you have somebody like Manchester Black who's like promoting that idea and you have a character like Supergirl who's like no. Yeah. Then I find them more interesting because I like I I I despised blanket statements. You know, yes. because just like there's a, there's like there's no such thing as a no win scenario. There's always a way out. Like same idea. Like there's always another. There's always another answer. There's yeah. always another viewpoint or something like that. So um, I enjoy stories where they go up against like proving one or proving one or the other. I'd be interested in a story that because I think like Truth Justice in the American Way is obviously like Superman's. Superman's way is the right way or Supergirl's way is the right way. You know, like they they take the time to to, you know, show you what Manchester's view is. It's almost like that Professor X Magneto thing like you could agree with Magneto because he makes some good points, but but really you should be on the X-Men side. Yeah. 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 And so and so I would be interested in the reverse of that in which mm. they like how would you write a story that they're they're there the the anti-hero way is the right way for whatever reason that is like it is literally the only path it, that the that would be that would be interesting yeah i want to know how I, you would do it because i think there's always a way out like you said because that's the point yeah just in the american way but is your thinking that that the the anti-hero would be right and the superhero has to come to terms with that yeah that's right Mm, yeah. That'd be interesting. I wouldn't, That'd be interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to get there, but there's something there. It'd be difficult to do. You'd have to make sure it's earned, right? You have to make sure that, like, if they are going to go through with whatever the antihero is saying, it would need to be, like, earned and probably need to end with, like, a never again type of thing. You know, the hero being like, we did it once because it was the only way, but we're never doing, like, I'm never doing this again. I've learned my lesson. Like, it would have to be something like that. That's me. right. I think something like, say, like, Man of Steel tried that yeah right yeah. I, I that's what they were going for and i don't i don't feel like it was earned but i understand that's what they were going for. right and i don't think i don't necessarily think it was earned either because if you want like there was like you could think of about 10 different ways yeah. to get out of that you know and that's then maybe that's why i like characters like batman so much because it's like no there's a way out of this that yeah. doesn't result in me breaking somebody's neck or those are my favorite batman stories honestly is because he's a detective because he's a genius like he gets his he finds his way out of everything yeah, maybe I would like to see that story from somebody who's not a genius and not a superhero. And, mm. you know, and I think that's the thing. Like, what about a regular person who can't think 10 steps ahead and doesn't know, you know, 12 different kinds of, you know, martial arts? Yeah. I mean, Watchmen? Maybe, but they're, but all of the Watchmen themselves are antiheroes. None of them are. They, they are. They yeah. are. You could argue uh, that maybe Night Owl 2 and Silk Spectre aren't, they're probably yeah. the most traditional of superheroes, but even then, like, you argue that they're all pretty much anti-heroes at that point, so, yeah. good question. But, there's something there. So anyway, so you also watched the movie. Yeah, and the movie was actually a pretty good adaptation of the of the issue itself. 
yep. um, the basics are all there, right? Like there's some differences, obviously there always are, but but it was a pretty faithful adaptation for the most part, um, in terms of the essentials being there. Uh, so I felt very similarly. I mean, I feel the same way about the movie as I did about the the comic itself. I think it's a, a really cool story. I really like the way Superman got out of it. I won't spoil it in case anyone wants to watch it, which I would encourage you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a solid. It's a solid film. Uh, it's uh, it, it's. I, I had not. I had not had the chance to to watch it yet. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And really thought like it's it's one of the really good DC animated films. I mean, they're all they're all I enjoy pretty much all of them. There's only really like one or two I can think of that I didn't really enjoy. And, but this one I would put on the on the list of ones that I really liked. Yeah, I think I think the the film adaptation is well written. It's a good adaptation, but I, I don't love the animation style. And oh, OK. Like it's just it's a little too cartoony for a story like it doesn't match the story that it's telling. Okay. Like it's it's too cartoony for a serious story. It just doesn't the juxtaposition doesn't work for me. But um, but otherwise I, can, I, I like can it. see that. I can understand that and and, and respect that. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I yeah. liked it. Well, Frank, do you have any more Professor Comics Corner? Because you said you had a few. Uh, let's see. Uh, I love Manchester calling her the girl of yesterday. Oh yeah, the girl of tomorrow. <laughs> the girl of tomorrow, girl of yesterday. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was a clever little moment. Um. I let me see. We talked about a couple of these uh, uh, under. I mean, yeah, just Kellex being there. I think I mentioned that. Uh, in the in the um, in the fortress, I thought this is actually more of a. Sorry, I really could have put filed this under uh, a good bit, but but we'll go with it anyway. Because in the fortress, all the screens, the hologram screens that they're watching, are all just crystals or ice, crystal walls or ice walls or whatever. And I'm like, is this just what Kryptonian TV looked like? It was just blurry and like, like you just were watching it on a on, on a crystal or on a, on a yeah, on so a not ice. so not good, like not what? great for clarity. Like, is that 1080p? You know, yeah, like right. was that 1440? Like, what am did, I looking did, at? Did Krypton not have high def? Did did Krypton? Did they just all suffer through like watching these things? Like, basically, like you're watching it through a, a frosted window. Yep. Nope. I I think my guess is that it's so cold up there that a regular TV wouldn't survive. Sure. I guess that's. Anyway, that's... I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, like all of them are like this. There were like a, a few moments where they were watching things and. Uh, and it was just like that blurry sort of through the ice. You know what's actually super convenient was the one that Neil was not watching the screen that she was watching because hers that one was kind of normal, but it was in the shape of the crest. And yes, I'm, that was cool. That yeah. was so cool. Yeah, that was cool. But it was also like like something's always going to be cut off. That's true. Yeah, it's so not practical. It's, it's cool. It looks it's cool, cool, but it makes but no sense. No sense whatsoever. None. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's so true. <laughs> but I loved it all the same. It's great. Yeah, is great. Well, Frank, do you have anything else? Nah, that's that's about it for uh, Professor Comics Corner uh, on on my end. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up, and then we can talk about the trailer in trailer. Sounds TV talk. good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah, uh, you can find us on the internet at SupergirlTVTalk.com. You can find all of our shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Uh, you'll find shows like Batwoman TV Talk uh, and Beer with Geeks uh, and Hate Watch with us and Loud Women. Uh, how loud women the show for uh, uh, the new Hulu show Shrill, which will be starting uh, the the this week, I believe. They'll uh, the first episode of Shrill will drop on Hulu, so uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, loud women uh, over on thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Uh, we will be uh, live tweeting every week over at TV Supergirl. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Supergirl TV Talk. Email us at mail at Supergirl TV Talk.com. Uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. You will find this and all of our shows. Uh, and uh, I think that more or less does it. Patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio if you want to throw us a buck a month and uh, make this keep happening. Keep us keep us going. Get some exclusive content for yourself. Patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio. That's it. That's it. Let's get into some trailer talk. Trailer TV talk. We got some politics. We got some rallies. If the whole thing is a powder keg, the mm. elites doing a thing. Supergirl's like, I'm gonna march in this rally because it's justice in action, not justice. No, justice. Yeah, justice yeah. in action, not justice in action. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
tricky <laughs> works better on the paper than it does out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write that down? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. But it it's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. So, um, it's actually, the, long story short, I was writing a mission statement, and that was one of the things that like we ran across. Like that was one of the trouble. We were like, "Ooh, that's can't do that." <laughs> like because mm. if you read it out loud, you're like, "It looks like justice in action." Like. <laughs> Or like just us in action. In like, action, yeah. <laughs> English English is tricky. <laughs> it's a tricky language. It's not the best. It is. Um, Supergirl's blue shawl that she's kind of wearing, draped over yeah. herself, reminded yeah, yeah, me yeah. of Wonder Woman's red shawl from Justice League. Oh sure, yeah. You know, yeah, it did have that, that kind of cloak applied. thing that she's wearing. Like I'm you know, one of you, but not really because I'm wearing a shawl. Has Kara worn that before? I think she she wore something similar to it when she went to go visit her mom on Argo. Yeah. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out if I had seen her wear it before, and now, now you're making me think that maybe I'm thinking of Wonder Woman, but maybe or maybe it was Argo. Maybe it wasn't Argo, but yeah, it had that. It was a very like Kryptonian robe feel to it, right? And it it, it felt like a like a traditional, you know, Kryptonian. Thing. Right. It was chilly that night. I don't know. It was a chilly evening. It was yeah. a chilly evening for a rally. So yeah, yeah. I I like. I mean, even just based on episode next week's episode, it's like we're going to continue down this vibe of the more I can't punch this theme as opposed to the oh, no, it's a it's a threat. You know, we got to punch, right, you know, right. like I like this. I find these stories more interesting. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. So looking forward to next week, Frank. This has been a delight as always. As always, my friend. All right, well then, I say then, until next time. Up, up, and away!